We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen as Pastor Matt Postiff explains and applies the biblical text one verse at a time. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org slash live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. Good morning, one and all. Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church this morning. Glad that you're here. We're here to, to uh, remember the Lord at His table this hour, this 40, 45 minutes. So we'll go ahead and get started with that. I'm going to ask us to uh, join together in prayer this morning and uh, just ask the Lord's blessing on our service. Join me, please. Heavenly Father, we bow before you and are wishing to express our gratitude to you today to, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God that you have laid out for us in Christ Jesus. We give you thanks for allowing us to gather to worship. We give you thanks for allowing us to Enjoy the experience of the Lord's table together as you've instructed. We thank you for what, in fact, we're remembering the Lord's work for us in the gospel as we summarize it all under that one word, which is two in English, good news, euangelion. And Lord, we want to remember him in an honoring way today, not a flippant way, not a, an absent-minded way, not a way in which we're forgetful, but rather a way in which we are mindful. So help us, we pray, uh, this day for that. Lord, may, may the Lord Jesus be honored in how we worship today. Thank you for each of your people who are here. And Lord, for perhaps a few that are listening to this first portion online, that they may be edified in the way that they can while absent from us. We ask for your blessing on all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Invite you to think with me about a couple of things related. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm heading towards uh, a couple of Old Testament passages uh, eventually, but just hang in there for one second until I get to them. I thought I would uh, just mention something about the, the date of Easter and Passover this morning uh, in connection with a couple of other thoughts. Uh, because uh, although we're not at Easter yet, we soon shall be, right? In two weeks, it will be here. I was reviewing how the date of Easter is determined, and I did not come to a fully, uh, for me, satisfactory uh, uh, remembrance of it because it's a little complicated, and the Eastern and Western church do it differently, and Passover is calculated a little bit differently by the Jewish people, and so... Uh, here's the basic idea that Easter is observed on the first Sunday after the first full moon of spring. So March 20th this year was spring, and then the first full moon after that is April 16, which is a Saturday. So the next day is a Sunday, the first Sunday after the first full moon. After, e after uh, spring, there we go. So that's the 17th, so Good Friday, back up two days, is the 15th, so that's how it works this year. Now, 
sometimes uh, we don't have the Lord's table in April, especially, I mean, in April on the first Sunday like we are doing here today, if Easter is right nearby to that. This year I decided we'll have the Lord's table this Sunday, and uh, sometimes we have it on Good Friday. Uh, I think we've had it on in the Easter uh, early morning service as well, if I recall properly. Maybe somebody here does better than I do, but um, in any case, uh, we've done that that way, and we might still have the Lord's table again on the, the Easter weekend, as we call it, but I actually prefer to call it by its more biblical name, Resurrection Lord's Day or Resurrection Sunday, uh, Resurrection Day, uh, but the dating of it is a little bit difficult. It can be as early as March 22nd. Um, I mean, and kind of simple-mindedly thinking about the rule that I just gave, if March 20th is spring, March 21st is the full moon, uh, and the next day is Sunday, March 22nd, which, which works out. But actually, in the church calculations uh, from, from times before, the spring equinox was fixed to be March 21st, not the 20th or the 19th when it, or the date that it actually occurs. It can occur earlier than the 21st, but... Uh, so Easter can never be earlier than March 22nd if the full moon happens to be then. And it can be as late as April 25th. Why is that? Well, may, mainly because the lunar cycle is 29 and a half days or something. And so some smart people have figured out that with the arrangement of spring and full moons and how Sundays fall in the week and all of that, that Sunday, uh, the April 25th is the latest that it can occur. It's kind of nice when it occurs that late because it's so springy in weather, you know, it's not so cold. Uh, we'll see what next two weeks brings for us. But uh, because of all these, you know, machinations, if you will, that, and, and other differences in how the Jewish calendar is laid out, you know, they have to have, because their calendar is more of a lunar-focused calendar than a solar-focused calendar, guess what they have to do? They have to add every few years a leap month. A leap month because they get out of sync. So the dates of Good Friday, therefore, and Passover can differ from each other substantially, although they're always in the springtime. But, but no matter that, really, to our minds, because we cannot place religious importance on remembering the Lord's death in a calendar-based way. Now, that might shock you from, to hear that from the pulpit, but the Bible tells us how to remember the Lord's death and then resurrection, and that's at the Lord's table service. It's not by looking at a calendar and trying to figure out, okay, the exact Sunday on which we should do it that corresponds with the Sunday that it happened and all that sort of thing. But it just so happens this year, 2022, that Passover itself is April 15th, which is Good Friday, just like it happened nearly 2,000 years ago. So that's a, a, a little bit of um, chronological interest to me personally, but as I say, you know, we protect ourselves from assigning a day, uh, you know, at least I do. Maybe you're not fully convinced. Okay, Romans 14, I'll, I'll give place to Romans 14. Um, you know, you have to be uh, fully convinced in your own mind if, if one day is above another or all the days are alike. But uh, the, the important thing is certainly that we remember the Lord's death. Now, turn to Exodus chapter 12, if you would, please. I want to go back, and, and we, 
I selected this song, uh, When I See the Blood, I Will Pass Over You, for a, this reason, because it connects to this segment of Scripture. And I want to talk about the memorial significance of the Passover as a foundational piece of information for the memorial significance of the Lord's table. And that is a loaded bunch of words that you might not realize how loaded it is, but it is. Um, Let's read a few verses in Exodus 12 then. It says in verse 1, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall uh, make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lentil of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains or what does remain is the idea of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it, in other words, in this way, with a belt on your waist your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So shall you eat it in haste, for it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial. Now listen to that. That's that's what I was driving at when I found this. I I, uh, was speaking with somebody about this earlier this week, and it just dawned on me, boy, this would be kind of a good thing to remind ourselves of. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Now let me just pause because I know that probably somebody out there or out there online, welcome if you're there, is wondering, so pastor just said there's no particular importance to the date. So what about this? You know, isn't that a contradiction to what he just said? Well, remember, I was talking about the celebration of 
Resurrection Sunday. There is no specific instruction in the Bible that we are to recommend or, uh, you know, commemorate is what I'm trying to say, commemorate the uh, Resurrection Sunday on a particular Sunday. But there is a specific instruction about how the Jews were to do the Passover meal. So there's specific days here that are mentioned for them to do that. So when God gives specific instructions, we follow the specific instructions. Of course, we're Gentiles mostly here, and we're not under the Jewish law now today, so that's set aside. But for them, certainly, the case was very clear they were to do this. We'll see in Second Chronicles that uh, that wasn't um, always done. Verse 19, For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened, in all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. So Moses then gives further instructions about this, which follow this pattern that we've read, and they were to carry that out faithfully in that first um, Passover meal. The Passover holiday is a memorial. They were to do the, the ritual, uh, killing the lamb, the herbs, the leaven, uh, you know, the convocations. Every year they were to do those things. But I don't find now, I, maybe I, I just felt like I, was, I ran into something I had never thought of before. And I was thinking, now, I scratched my head, they killed the lamb, but did they put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts every year and the lintel? I don't think so. And I don't find evidence for that in history in the review that I did of that. And this is because they did not have to put, after the first year, the first time, they did not have to put blood on the doorposts and the lentil to save themselves because the death angel was not passing through their community every year, right? But they did have part of that ritual, that, that thing that they did in the first year, they had part of that to do every year to remind them of that time that they were saved from God's wrath against the false gods of Egypt and the Egyptians who died in that plague. So the death angel is not going through the community every Passover uh, to replicate what happened on that first dreadful, dreadful Passover night. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in those homes where the only thing that stood between you and death was the blood of that lamb? Would you learn about the importance of the blood? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. I was reading early, earlier in my study that believed some believe that on those doorposts, not only would be, well, today they put the mezuzah there, which is the re- representative of all the commands of God as they pass through their doorposts, but some suggested that their names would be on those doorposts, the names of the residents of that home. And those names were covered with the blood. Now, whether that's true or not doesn't really, you know, it's not really my main point, but their lives were protected by that blood. And they, that's why they had to remember it every year. It was so important um, that they do that. On, those, on that first Passover night, those who trusted God, 
and obeyed thus his word through Moses, put the blood on their doorways and were saved. Those who rejected the word of God and thus evidence that they were not trusting in God suffered the loss of their firstborn. The blood saved and the absence of the blood meant you were lost. Second Chronicles, if you would please then, if you turn forward in your Bibles, Second Chronicles chapter 30, just before the, the Psalms, if you get to, the, to Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, and Job, and the Psalms, you've gone too far. Second Chronicles, in our English Bible anyway, that's the order of the books. Logically, the Second Chronicles does fall at the end of the chronology, uh, in a sense, of the uh, Old Testament history, and so you'll find that there in the Hebrew uh, ordering. But Second uh, Chronicles chapter 30, verse 1 to 5, just uh, fast-forwarding in history here, uh, a great deal of time. Um, and Hezekiah, hundreds of years here, and Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover of the Lord God of Israel. For the king and his leaders and all the assembly in Jerusalem had agreed to keep the Passover in the second month Okay, now you say, wait a minute, I thought it was the first month. Well, read the next verse. For they could not keep it at the regular time because a sufficient number of priests had not consecrated themselves, nor had the people gathered together at Jerusalem. So they, they muffed it. Okay, so they're going to take a mulligan. All right, golfers out there. And the matter pleased the king and all the assembly, verse 4 says, so they resolved to make a proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba to Dan that they should come to keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem since they had not done it for a long time in the prescribed manner. Man, that hurts. The people of Israel, given this solemn instruction by Moses, lives saved by the blood of those lambs, told to remember it year by year, and they didn't do it for a long time. Verses 10 through 12. So the runners passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun, but they laughed at them and mocked them. Nevertheless, some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. You see, if you're going to obey the word of God, you have to humble yourself. They didn't humble themselves, some of these people. They mocked at the runners who were bringing the message. So we're not going to bother with all that. That's ridiculous, they say. Verse 12, also the hand of God was on Judah to give them singleness of heart to obey the command of the king and of the leaders at the word of the Lord. So uh, many of them didn't humble themselves, and that was the problem for all those years. Priests didn't consecrate themselves. The people weren't ready in the first month like they should have been because they just didn't care. They didn't care. They had other more important things on their minds to do. So, sad, sad situation. Verse 22, I have my notes here. Uh, it says, And Hezekiah gave encouragement to all the Levites who taught the good knowledge of the Lord, and they ate throughout the feast seven days and offered peace offerings and, and making confession to the Lord God of their fathers. So it's a good thing that the king gave encouragement to the uh, priests, the Levites rather, who taught the good knowledge of the Lord. That was their job, to be teachers of the law of God and the knowledge of God. And they were doing that, um, and that was a good thing. But 
too, too long, too many years, the people of Israel didn't let the land have its Sabbaths, and they didn't follow this command about the Passover, and probably we could list a whole bunch of other things as well. This is the foundation for the memorial significance of the Lord's table. In the same way as we've just looked at, the Lord's table is a memorial. We get the blood applied once with the one-time sacrifice of Christ in history applied to every new sinner who comes to Jesus. This is not a reapplication of the blood in some saving way multiple times over the course of your own life. You, know, you don't get it applied in a saving way every month or whenever. Uh, but there is a continual cleansing from sin for sure. But the blood once offered stays that way once offered, once offered. With the blood, you are once bathed, but often washed. Yes? You understand the meaning? Peter? Peter, once you have a bath, you just need to have your feet washed. Okay, so that's what I'm alluding to. Once you're bathed in the blood of Christ, but often you are washed, cleansed by that as you confess your sins. So therefore, we talk about the memorial significance of the table. It's not a resacrifice nor even a reenactment of the sacrifice of Jesus. It is not an act in which the grace of God is conveyed to the participant. It's rather a service of religious worship in which we follow the Lord's command to remember his death until he comes back. What we're doing here is worshiping God together. We're doing that toward him. He's not doing something toward us. He's done that if we're in Christ already. It's kind of like baptism. Baptism is a symbol of something that has happened prior. The Lord's table is a symbol of something that has happened prior, a memorial of that thing. My point really here is twofold then. First, to remind ourselves of the doctrinal point that this service is a remembrance, a remembrance, not a sacrament. The bread and juice are just what they are and always will be just that, bread and juice. In a few minutes, they'll be digested bread and juice. They are used as symbols that represent the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. My second point is, based on that doctrinal truth of the memorial significance of the Lord's table, that we engage our spirits and our minds and our hearts with that truth. So we've settled that it's, that's the way it is. We've connected it back to the Passover because the Passover is a memorial to you and all your generations. So the Lord's table is a memorial. Do this in remembrance of me. We have to engage our spirits and our minds and our hearts with that truth. It's important to remember what the Lord did. We need to be regularly reminded you know, sin creeps up on us all too often and too powerfully and regularly. It often seems to be crouching at the door, and we must choose to rule over it or else it will rule over us. And of course, the primary, only way that we ultimately can rule over sin is by being in Christ and appealing to him for his power and help. We often forget who we are and what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to live and who we represent and why. And so we need to be reminded, reminded, reminded. 
that very night in which the Lord was betrayed, his sufferings began. The next day, his blood was spilled, not on two doorposts and one lintel, but instead on one upright and one cross beam. You've read the biblical accounts, hopefully multiple times, and it'd be good to reread them at this season of the year. Gladly, very happily, any who hide under his blood are saved from wrath through him, Romans 5.9. Those who do hide themselves in him delight to remember his historical work on their behalf by using the symbols assigned for his body and for his blood. And so that's what we're going to do in the next few minutes here this morning. I'm going to close in prayer, and then I'm going to ask our brother to uh, turn off the live stream for uh, the time of our uh, celebration together as a church, the Lord's table elements, and then we'll gather back online at about 1045 or thereabouts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for your kindness to us. We are grateful for the memorial that you have set in place, knowing that we are frail and often fail to remember what we're supposed to. Thank you for the correlation between the ancient truth of the Passover and the somewhat less ancient truth of the Lord's table and its contemporary significance to us today. We can see that chain that thread developed through Scripture, and we are thankful for it. We thank you that you are insistent that we remember the death of Christ and proclaim it until he comes. And so we wish to do that well before you today. Help us to remember. In Jesus' name, amen.